Good morning, everybody. Great to be back here at Monty. I didn't recognise the place. Congratulations on uh, a fabulous uh, alteration. Uh, I've learnt a number of things this morning that you can do a lot with a little, and uh, and that's fantastic with what's happened here. I haven't had a daughter, so I realise how much makeup uh, a female actually needs. <laughs> so that was a significant uh, event for me. I didn't realise I had to have that much stuff. Uh, the other thing is technology. It's a bit scary how reliant we are on technology. I nearly bought a t-shirt while I was away which I was very tempted to but I thought about it and thought the better of it. It simply said, I don't need Google, my wife already knows everything. (laughs) (laughs) So uh, technology can hurt us Uh, and if I'd bought that t-shirt I probably would have been walking with a serious limp this morning. (laughs) But uh, this morning uh, the passage is about salt and light. And I was just looking at the, what you might have done last week, the Sermon on the Mount, and I thought, wow, what an amazing... Uh, the whole Sermon on the Mount is an amazing piece of literature. It's timeless, it's as relevant today as it was when it was written 2,000 years ago. Um, last week you would have got, I'm guessing, a 20-point sermon. The Beatitudes, blessed are, salt and light, fulfilling the law, murder, adultery, divorce, others, uh, oaths or swearing, revenge, loving your enemies, giving to the needy, prayer, fasting, money, worry, judging others, asking God, choosing life's direction, the easy or the hard road, true and false prophets, true and false disciples, building on solid foundations. That's the the Sermon on the Mount and last week you just got the first bit of that. So you've got a 20 point sermon ahead of you but it is the most, I think one of the most profound pieces of literature ever written. The Beatitudes that you looked at last week remind us that we are blessed now and we will be blessed in the future. That we are blessed now in order to be a blessing to others now and we will also uh, receive a blessing in the future. We can have the next slide. Um, The Kingdom of God is actually already here. When Jesus arrived, the Kingdom of God arrived and came about. And the Kingdom of God isn't something that's out there in the future, it is but it's also something that we live here day by day. Jesus uh, begins to address the reason that we are still here and not in the heavenly kingdom. I wonder what task Jesus has given us now and why he has placed us in this community in this time. Do you think it was an accident? Do you think it was, we're just here by chance? I believe that God's placed us wherever we are for such a time as this. So that whatever we are doing, uh, we can talk about every place mission. Now I've had the chance to go to Indonesia. Some of you wouldn't have had that opportunity. But it doesn't mean that I'm any more special than anybody else. Those who go on the team to Port Augusta, does it mean they're more spiritual than the ones that stay home? Not at all. It means that they'll probably learn something because they're out of their comfort zone. But I believe that God has placed each of us in our own circumstance for a specific reason. That we are to be salt and we are to be light in the world. We are salt, we add flavour and stop decay. We are light, we shine for Jesus and point others to him. And what I want us to think about in summary this morning is simply this. As disciples of Jesus, we are salt and light in our community. Living out our faith, we add flavour and stop decay. We light the path for others and glorify God. I'll get us to repeat that later on. I'll put it up on the slide. If we could have the next slide. The fact is that we are salt and we are light. 
it's actually not optional. It doesn't say you can be if you choose to be. If you're a Christian and one day you decide you're going to wake up and you're going to be salt and light in the community, then you can. It doesn't say that in Scripture. As it said, you are the salt of the earth. You are the light of the world. And it's, not, it's just what Jesus said to these disciples. It doesn't say that you can become salt if you would like to be. The Sermon on the Mount, as you would have learned, is Jesus addressing his followers. He was actually not addressing it to the general population, people who were interested. It said that those who were following him followed him and he took them up to the mount. And so Jesus was addressing the whole Sermon of the Mount is written to those people who have put their hand up and said, yes, Jesus, I want to follow you. I'm a Christian. And so the Sermon on the Mount is for Christians. And if it's for Christians, the the scriptures say, you are the salt of the earth. You are the light of the world. I wonder what, uh, we all know what uh, some of the uses for salt are. First of all, it enhances the taste of our food. I made porridge when I got back from Indonesia. You don't get porridge in Indonesia. I had rice and fish three times a day for about two weeks. I was over rice and fish, I wanted something else. And I forgot to put the salt in the porridge on Tuesday morning and I didn't realise until I sat down and took my first spoonful. I thought, oh, this is awful. What have I forgotten? I forgot the salt. As soon as I forgot the salt, I noticed it. I'm sure you've done the same thing with something or another. But salt enhances the taste of food. Salt also preserves things. You think about olives. A friend of mine is down in Tasmania. He's been picking olives on a little olive patch he's got down there. And uh, if you take an olive, I took one the other day, we got a little olive tree at our, at our home, and I thought, oh, this is ripe. I took it and ate it. It tasted awful. You put olives in salt for ages in a brine solution and it brings out the flavour in them. Salt also stops decay. So when we pack fish in salt, and in the old days when they were going on long journeys on ships with no refrigeration, things were packed in salt because it would prevent decay. Salt sanitises and cleans. If you get a wound and you put it in salt water or you go into the sea, it'll actually sanitise the wound, it'll stop decay. The other thing I learned that was salt was traded as a commodity in the time of Jesus. It was actually very valuable. Some people even got paid their wages in salt instead of money. So if you think about salt as being a commodity, it had a lot of value. Instead of giving you $10, I can give you a, a little packet of salt and you'd be quite happy with that because then you could take that packet of salt and go and buy something with it. It was like money. It was a traded commodity. had high value. Many other practical uses for salt as well. And Jesus is not saying that we must become salt and light. The reminder here this morning is that we are salt and light. If we follow Jesus, we are salt and we are light. Can I have the next slide please? Now, salt is not the food that we eat. Salt is something that enhances the food. What happens if you put too much salt in the porridge? If I double dosed it, I would go, oh, I can't eat this. It is awful. And I think that's also an indication as to, as Christians, if we are salt, we have to have the right amount of seasoning for the appropriate situation. And I think the danger is, well, there's always a danger that we aren't salt at all. If the pendulum swings out the other side of that, We realise that if we're too um, uh, inappropriate in sharing our faith, if we go overboard, if we aren't sensitive to the people that we're seeking to reach out to, 
We will be too much salt and we'll, we'll actually act in a negative way. Uh, you, you, Christians uh, and born-agains get bagged in the media for being a little bit of a strange group of people and sometimes we bring that on ourselves because I don't, know, I don't think that we're always as appropriate as we need to be in how we share our faith. Sometimes we might want to ram it down people's throats and, and be very uh, hard-nosed about how we do it instead of doing it with love and it says that we, we should be seasoned with salt in our lives. That's just something to keep in mind. I think the danger in our society is that we aren't salty enough. There's only a handful of people that perhaps are a little bit too salty and, uh, and destroy what, uh, what God is trying to do. But the salt is not the food. We put it on the food to add flavour and the food tastes better. Our society, I believe, is better because of the influence of uh, the Christians in our world. And just in the same way as salt makes food better, our presence on earth is for the benefit of others regardless of the treatment that we may get. And this passage goes on to talk about being persecuted, that when we are salt and light, the chances are quite good that we may be persecuted in our society because we take a stand. God has put you in a situation where you might be the only Christian amongst a group of friends or neighbours or in a workplace. In what way are you being salt or light in that community and are you being effective for the Lord? When we make a stand for God, we add flavour to society and we stop the moral decay that takes place. Next slide, please. So, two points. You are salt, add flavour and preserve. You are salt, add flavour and preserve. My son's a chef. And uh, that's exactly how he puts the salt on his food when he's cooking at our place. He gets a handful and he holds it like this and he drops it so you can see how much is going on. He says, that'll be enough. And he tastes it, says, yeah, that's fine. He knows exactly how much salt to add so that not too much, not too little, just right. And this is what we are. We are God's uh, chefs. We are salt and light in the community where we put it. Next slide, please. I want us to say this together, if you can see that because I think this is the essence of what God wants to say to us this morning. Let me stand back so you can read that. Let's say it together. As disciples of Jesus, we are salt and light in our community. Living out in our faith, we add flavour and stop the cave. We light the path for others to glorify God. These are, these are God's words and God's instructions, not mine. I looked through uh, the scriptures, and if we could have the next slide... I found quite a few references in the Old Testament to salt. In Leviticus it talked about adding salt to the offerings and grain offerings brought to God. In Ezra it said whatever is needed, whether it's rams, male lambs, for burnt offerings to the God of heaven, wheat, salt, wine and olive oil as requested, these must be given daily. So salt was such an important commodity, it was part of the sacrifice to God, offered to God. And if we are to be salt in our community, then we also need to be offering ourselves as sacrifices. The salt in our community is a sacrifice and an offering to God. In Second Kings, there was a, uh, a, a problem with the water well. And bring me a bowl, he said, put salt in it, and they brought it to him. This was Elisha. He threw it into the spring and said, this is what the Lord says, I've healed this water, never again will it cause death and make land unproductive. Elisha used salt to fix the problem well. And if we take Jesus at his word, we are salt and it is our responsibility as Christians 
to be cleansing, healing and preserving within our society. Next slide please. As disciples of Jesus we are salt and light in our community. Living out our faith we add flavour and stop decay. We light the path for others and in doing so glorify God. Next slide. The second part of these two or three verses simply says you are the light of the world. We have to shine and point others to God that we are, you are the light of the world. What does light do? We saw this illustration with the lamp this morning. Light simply chases out the darkness. I was staying in a house in Helmahera in the Maluku Islands and, and the bathroom that we were using the shower was broken so it was a bucket of water with a tap and a dipper so you get wet, soap everything up and then you rinse off. But it was a little wall, a square room, there was no window and, uh, and there was the, the, the light, uh, there was a one light bulb but I was in there one evening having a shower because it was about 34 degrees and about 95% humidity so it was sticky. And I was in there having a shower one evening and the, gen- the power went off and the generator didn't kick in and I'm in this room soaking wet uh, half soaked up and I'm thinking hmm, no light what do I do now <laughs> it was a challenge light chases out the darkness and when we are shining as lights for the Lord when we shine as lights as Christians it chases out it shines up the dark corners of our society light can be seen a long way off you think about a candle glowing. You can see it for a long, long way. Just a simple candle. A lighthouse uh, will shine much, much further than that to warn shipping of a particular uh, peninsula or rock outcrop. Uh, light overcomes the darkness and many lights together have a powerful effect and that's why your church community here, the Monty uh, Community Church, is powerful because there's not just one light shining here it's a couple of hundred lights shining here and as you spread out back into the community each of you as a light shines for Jesus in the place where he has put you. It's illogical to turn on a light and then to cover it with a bucket as the the Bible said, we read that this morning. Why would you light a light and then cover it up? It just doesn't make sense. So as Christians we are lights. Let's not cover ourselves up. Let's not pretend that we're not. Let's not not say that what we believe and why we believe it. But let's trust God as we share with other people, as we share the love of Jesus with other people. We are being light in the community. And it may be that one of your neighbours is going through a hard time and to say, would you like me to pray for you, is such a simple thing. And they can say, no, I'd rather you didn't actually. I've never had anyone uh, refuse if I've said, would you like me to pray for you? They've always said, oh, would you? Thank you so much. A simple thing, but that's what it means to be light in our community. You are the light of the world, Jesus told his followers. Light can be ineffective if it's pointing the wrong way. The higher the light, the, the more uh, effect it has. You see at uh, airports and car parks and shopping centres, uh, streets, they put the light up a lamppost. So the higher the light, the further the light spreads. And as we focus on making sure our lights are working, we will glorify God. The world is darkness, we are light, and we can shine into the darkness, but we are not the darkness. Light simply provides a way for people to see in the dark. Without the light, we don't know which way to turn. 
So that means being the light of the world means that we remain on earth putting up with any persecution because we are pointing others to the way out of the darkness. If we shine like beacons directing people towards God we can expect to have our share of insults, persecution, we can be the subject of lies or gossip because Jesus said that's what happened to the prophets. But be encouraged if we do get persecuted for shining our lights because we will share a great reward with them in heaven. Next slide please. Jesus said we are the light of the world. He also said I am the light of the world. And then John uh, he spoke to the people and said I'm the light of the world whoever follows me will never walk in darkness but will have the light of life. Jesus said while I'm in the world I am the light of the world. And John 12 Jesus told them you are going to have this light just a little while longer. Walk while you have the light before the darkness overtakes you. And in John 12:46, I've come into the world as a light so that no one who believes in me should stay in darkness. When we come to faith in Jesus, a light goes on inside us. It shows us the wrong things in our lives. It shows us Jesus' torch goes into the corners of our life and says, you need to fix that, you need to straighten out that, you need to stop doing that. And Jesus' light shines into our hearts. And in Ephesians it said, For once you are in darkness, but now you are light in the Lord. Live as children of the light. And uh, there's a bit more information about that. As disciples of Jesus, we are salt and light in our community. Living out our faith, we add flavour and stop decay. We light the path for others and glorify God. Next slide please. How can we avoid losing our saltiness and hiding our light. And the question here is, are we salty enough or am I salty enough? Three quick things. One, maintain our relationship with God. That's important if we're to be effective lights. We must have a daily walk with the Lord. Number two is to stop focusing on ourselves and focus on God. I think we live in a very me generation. It is all about me. That's why it's called an iPhone, an iPad, and the, uh, the main name for, for Apple is me.com because it's all about me. It's, I'm the most important thing in the world. But I think we need to stop focusing on ourselves, start focusing on God and he will show us how we can be more effective salt and light in the community. And the third thing is to remember we are to be salt and light because we have already been blessed. The Beatitudes remind us that we have been blessed by God in order to be a blessing to those that he has put us in touch with. We are salt and light when we feel lost, when we're at the end of our rope, when we mourn, when we are content with what we have and with who we are. We are salt and light when we show care for others, when we have a large appetite for God, when our hearts and minds are right before God. We are salt and light when our commitment to God is so strong that it may bring about some persecution. Next slide, thanks. It's a photograph I took at the KL airport. It's just a poster. And it just reminded me, old town, take your time, a young girl on a swing. Those were the old days when just being content was going out to the park and swinging on a swing with no intention. You didn't need any makeup or electronic gadgetry. Didn't even need a bucket and a roll of toilet paper. <laughs> but uh, when we live knowing who we are and who God is, we are at home. We've found true comfort, we've found peace, we've found contentment and a life 
that's fully committed to God. This deep joy and hope in what God is doing in us, around us and through us is what will ultimately lead people to glorify God. They will see our lives, they will see us being salt, adding flavour and stopping decay. They'll see us being light, shining for Jesus and pointing others to show uh, them the way and then people too will glorify God with us. The last slide, we're just going to repeat this as I close and we'll say this again together. Let's join this together and say this. As disciples of Jesus, we are salt and light in our community. Living out our faith, we add flavour and stop decay. We light the path for others and glorify God. Let me pray together. Father, thank you for the chance to be together this morning. I thank you that as disciples that you've called us to be salt and light in our community. Help us to live out our faith in a way that we add flavour and we stop this decay in our society. As we light the path for others and we glorify you, Father, I pray that you'll show us ways that we can be effective in the places where you have parked us in this uh, community here at Monty and in each of the places uh, where we work and operate and live. Bless each one here, I pray. Remind us of the importance of salt and remind us of how fundamental light is to our uh, existence. We give you thanks and we commit this week to you. I commit each one to you. In Jesus' name. Amen.